A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. You're telling me you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Welcome to AO with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today we are reviewing Angel's Season 3, Episode 1, Heartthrob. Heartthrob. Is your heart throbbing, Rex? I mean, it's beating. Does that count? I got something that's throbbing right here. Gross. That is correct. I hope you've got it like sealed away. I need to get it checked out, actually. Ah. It's kind of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> sealed away. Good, <laughs> yes. good, good luck I'm, with this healthcare system. Yes, I'm wearing underpants like the girl from <laughs> uh, Men in Tights. <laughs> Call the locksmith! <laughs> exactly. I'm Sue Hippie! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yep, yep, yep. Heartthrob, heartthrob, heartthrob. Let's talk about heartthrob, Rex. Yeah. Heatthrob? Heatthrob? Heartthrob. Heartthrob. <laughs> there. I typed it. Is this, is this one of those things where you just keep saying the same thing over and over again till it gets like weird just hearing it? It is now. Like that scene from uh, one of the... Uh, Chris, fuck, Chris, um, I just forgot his name. Rock? Farland? McFarland? Yeah, Chris McFarland. Seth McFarland? Who's Chris McFarland? God damn it. Hold on. Farley? I have to look up his name. <laughs> Hutchins. No. Hitchens, the famous atheist. Chris Farley. Farley, yeah, Jesus. I said, said that a second ago. I don't know why my brain was struggling with that. Yeah, Chris, Chris one Farley. of the one of his movies, they're like stoned in a car and they're confused over the word roads. Hmm, that sounds like Tommy Boy. I mixed those that Tommy Boy and what was the other one? Um, Emperor's New Groove. No, no, it was <laughs> Black Sheep. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I always mix those two up because they're basically just the same movie. I've actually never seen Black different. Sheep. I mean, it's David Spade and Chris, and Chris Farley. Farley like, yeah. That's really all you need to know. Yeah, now I really it's, want to see it because I keep wanting to watch Tommy Boy. And then I'm like, but it's Tommy Boy. I've seen it 20 times. Right. No. Like, I'd love to watch Tommy Boy, but as a different movie. <laughs> that is the best gift to me ever right yeah, now. They're basically the same movie. Fantastic. I don't know which one it is that they get high in a police car, but. Housekeeping. Let's <laughs> keeping. We don't want me right now. You want me to suck you off? What the hell kind of hotel is this? <laughs> God, I don't remember that at all. Really? That's Tommy Boy. It's a good movie. Should rewatch it. Should have a marathon. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, <laughs> fuck a doodle do, Rex. Yes. Why don't we fuck a doodle do? I mean, that is a verb, not an exclamation or an adjective. It can be both of those things. All right, due to technical difficulties, 
I will be fucking a doodle doo today. Which means I will be reading you a list of our executive doodle-doos and or Patreon supporters. They are Bridget McCloy, Dead Serious, Callista, Allie B, Nathan Lancey, Kristen, Dulcinea, Rachel Gregory, Rachel Doodle-Doo, D. Sharinghausen, Clubby the Seal, Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Pat Likes Turtles, Scarlet Choi, Bad at Changing Their Names Heaps, Kfro Horse Dildo with BWB Logo Gnome, Father DeFinistrato, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, Alex from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. You managed that with some uh, some good amount of like soccer announcer. That's what I go for in yeah. general. Yeah, I see that. You know what? Next it. time I'm gonna I'm gonna go for golf announcer. Oh, that's more that's more my style, isn't right, it? Today we have <laughs> Bridget McCloy. <laughs> Over on the other range, we've got dead serious. <laughs> Honestly, we just don't have that kind of time. It's pretty serious looking today. Playing against dead serious, we have Callista. All right, I'm saving it for the next time. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we got no reviews right now. No new reviews, no new voicemails. And I guess that just puts us on to the mom synopsis. Man, we don't have much meat here. Don't you talk about my meat. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Not blaming myself for the death of my or anyone else's ex-girlfriend, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, well, la-dee-da. Aren't you just Mr. Invincible today? That's correct. Emotionally stunted, er, I mean, impervious to harm. Yep, that's me. <laughs> well, must be nice, Joshua. It's like you have no heart whatsoever for your dear old mother. Yeah, I know, right? It's like I had it, I don't know, surgically removed or something and gave it to some creepy old dude who collects rare items like the hearts of men raised by narcissistic women. I don't know, Joshua. Th that doesn't sound that rare to me. <laughs> Sounds like you got scammed. Did you give him any money? Maybe. Oh, dear Joshua, how much money did you give him? I mean, uh, hey, wait a second. You're just trying to figure out how much money I have so you can guilt me into giving you more to, to pay you back for my childhood. Well, it's not my fault you were such a burden to me in your entire <laughs> life, Joshua. It is actually entirely your fault. Joshua, don't you want to take care of your mother like she did for you all of those years? <laughs> yes, I do. Exactly as you cared for me all those years. What's that supposed to mean? It means that today on Ale with Angel... Angel tracked down some vampires who killed a bunch of college kids and kidnapped a couple more. And when Angel kills one of them, she recognizes him. Just before she dies, of course. Turns out she's a relic from his past named Elizabeth, who was partnered up with another old acquaintance named James. Well, as one might imagine, murdering the love of James's life after an already not-so-fond farewell, as we're informed during some old-timey-time flashbacks, James wants revenge. Cordy is already concerned about Angel's mental and emotional well-being, considering the recent death of Buffy, and that opening up some other old wounds of Angel's past might be a bit much for him. So Wesley and Gunn get some street info, and indeed, James knows it was Angel, and boy is he mad. Angel and James have a big showdown, but James has one last trick up his sleeve. 
He had a surgical procedure recently that gives him temporary invincibility, but it also kills him after an indeterminate amount of time. He and Angel have out their last words of wisdom about love on a subway train just before James falls to dust. Cordy makes sure Angel is okay and gets a little extra insight and info into what's eating at him. Oh yeah, and Darla's pregnant now. The end. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, like, to Darla. Oh yeah. She's pregnant. Congratulations. Woo! We're gonna have a shower. <laughs> a hot one. Huh? Yeah. When you have a baby shower, it's gotta be really hot water when you shower with the mother of the still pregnant. Um, You've never been to a baby shower, have you? I haven't. <laughs> um, it turns out, you know, I can only assume things. Well, I can tell you that there is no actual showering going on. Damn it! Um, nobody is naked and wet. And definitely nobody is rubbing soap all over their bodies. <laughs> Nothing but disappointment in every turn. <laughs> Ladies... Gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. So we open on the hotel as Cordy, West, and Gunn are coming back into the, the hotel complaining about demons. Yeah, and Fred sticks her head around a corner in the hallway and overhears this while they're in the courtyard. And uh, Cordelia specifically doesn't understand people who worship demons, but does, in fact, understand people who put a note on a parking meter that says it's broken when it's not. Personally, I don't get that. What the fuck is that about? Why would you do that? To not pay for parking? Is it, How are you getting out of parking that way? Who's going to believe that? Are you trying to scam the parking meter maid person? Maybe? Or are you trying to keep... I don't know. This this was in the fucking early 2000s. Maybe it worked. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm just trying to figure out how did it work. Like, is it supposed to keep the spot open so that other people don't park there? Maybe. Because the meter maid's going to be like, no, it's not broken. You're an asshole. I think it's to try and reserve the spot, not to get out of paying for it. I do know somebody who used to do that with cones. <laughs> would reserve his own parking spot yeah just way. cone it off yeah i can see that working yeah except in a, a recent episode of better call saul where it did not work right at all well that's because he only used one cone what an asshole yeah it's pretty easy to move one cone you need at least four yeah nobody's at least gonna move four. four cones yeah and one of those little reflective triangles yeah preferably six Ideally, if you put like a, a sign that has like a little block of concrete, then it would take effort for people to move it. Yeah. Actually, what you need is a little stick of rebar to stick out of one of the cones so that they think there's like a pothole there with some debris yeah. in it or something. Yeah. Or, and hear me out, just get a jackhammer <laughs> and make a pothole. There you go. So, <laughs> so you steal a manhole cover. <laughs> Just use your imagination from there. <laughs> Absolutely destroy the parking spot. Install a new manhole cover. And hire that, somebody. That only works. That only works if you steal it. Like if you're if you're not stealing it, then you're just pay for parking. You get one of those manhole cover rigs where they lower themselves <laughs> down 
Like the fucking Ghostbusters. Like Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> yes, every time I see one of those now, I'm like, they do use those. <laughs> they weren't just making shit up. That's amazing. Anyway, so as they're entering the Hyperion, they're discussing the finer points. We got Wesley, Gunn, and Cordelia. They're discussing the finer points yeah. of the difference between being obsessed with demons for fun and for work. And then they decide they need to get out more. Speaking of getting out more, also Fred's <laughs> been hiding in a room and is super attached to Angel. She's, for like three months. Yeah, hide, you know, just to mourn the death of it, the love of his life. Um, buff I mean, she who must not be named for legal reasons, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Gunn thinks that Fred is very strong. Cordelia thinks she's trading one cave for another. And I'm like, okay, you try getting trapped in another dimension for five years without any prior knowledge of demon dimensions or hope of rescue. I mean, for fuck's sake, can't it be both? Like, strong people get trauma. Yeah. Like, Jesus, five years of trauma. That, like... Hide away. Do it. Yeah. Nothing fucking wrong with that. At that point, whatever makes you feel better. I mean, the poor girl needs therapy. Yeah. Oh, and God, yeah. probably she, medication at this point. definitely needs to see a therapist. That's some serious PTSD right there. Yeah, seriously. But anyway, Angel's on a retreat at a monastery because he needs some peace and quiet to recover from his trauma. Cut to... Angel not getting peace. Not having peace and quiet. No. Uh, no, as uh, killing to, demons to like recover from his trauma, he, instead he is murdering all the monks who happened to be demons. Sounds cathartic to me, anyway. Honestly, I don't see what the problem is. I did like the little callback because, like, Gunn mentioned, "Oh, he should have just gone to Vegas." Like I told him, gotten hammered and, and then, gone to Vegas. And then after killing the demons, uh, Angel's like, "Ah, eh, should have gone to Vegas." <laughs> but he says it in a foreign language, right? I think that was really the clincher of the joke. Yeah. And also Wesley saying, he doesn't need a lap dance gun. What he needs is some peace and quiet. But you know what? A lap dance doesn't hurt. No. <laughs> no, it does not. Opening credits. <laughs> Cut to the Hyperion. Cordy calls uh, Wesley and Gunn scaredies, scaredies, not scaredy cats, just scaredies, for not wanting to put out rat traps because they're scared of rats. And uh, and then she immediately screams, startled by Angel behind a door, but then gives him the warmest hug I've ever seen. Like It was really good. I want that hug. Right? Give me that yeah. fucking hug. And then, of course, the, the most important thing asks Angel if he has brought gifts. Did you bring souvenirs? Fishing for gifts? Oh, yeah. Gun gets a shrunken head. Mm. Cordy gets a breasty necklace. And Wes gets a sacrificial knife. Sacrificial? It looks sacrificial to me. I'm sure you can, you can sacrifice. It was Ming Dynasty. Ming Dynasty? I think that's what he said. You didn't say Ming. I'd have remembered Ming. Oh. That's oh, it's some sort of dynasty something. Yeah, it's 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 a classic. It's a it's he an antique. excitedly wants to kill something with it. Um, it's, sure, let's go with that. That's what he said. He can't wait to kill something with it. I don't think he said that. I'm positive he did. All right, yeah. Wesley's a stone cold killer, as we no, all know. No, he just he has got a fancy knife. He wants to kill some demons with it. Oh, demons. Sure. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the angel asks about Fred and says he'll go check on her when Cordy's lie that she's doing great doesn't fool Angel even a little bit. Right, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Wesley thinks that Angel is better, seems better than when he left. Cordy's face seems to say that she thinks otherwise. Yeah, and you know what? I would trust her instincts on it. Yeah. 
She definitely knows something's up. Right. And she's right, but it's not as bad as she thinks. But we'll get there. Yeah. Cut to Fred's room. Where Fred is, well, being Fred and drawing on the walls. Wee, but not in purple crayon. I want to know how you go about dressing this sort of set. Like, what do you write if you're if you're the person who's setting up this set mm-hmm. and you have to write on all the walls? Like, how do you decide what and where to write? Because it, it seems like there's maybe a fine line between like too much and not enough. Like, you want to go for the right level of unhinged, right? I'm sure they were asking themselves all of those questions, and I'm sure they actually had to pay attention to what they're writing. Because it's going to be on camera. Anybody can pause it and, well, not really zoom in on that shit, but somebody's going to be able to decipher some of it. And you know it's got to be math stuff, because if it's not math stuff, it would seem weird that Fred is writing it. Well, it doesn't have to be math stuff. I I think it's really just her stream of consciousness, and she's trying to make some sort of sense of it. But there is a lot of math, of course, because it's Fred. It also makes me think of how they write, go about like writing the techno babble from like Star Trek and shit. Mm. I don't know if I could write techno babble like that. So I've written techno babble. I wrote some techno babble for a, a spoofy sci-fi that I was in one time. I didn't know you were in a spoofy spoofy sci-fi. Yeah, it's a short. It was a student film. Uh, ah. What's it called? Veto Power. Sorry, I've only seen the one movie that was on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't on Netflix anymore, just in case no. anyone tries to look that up. Don't. No. Uh, I'm, we've mentioned it before. Yeah. Zombie Apocalypse. No, also Veto Power. It's a 45-minute uh, short. Anyway, it's not that hard. You know, I mean, I imagine you'd have trouble writing a mom synopsis, too. But Oh, uh, yeah, fair. I do it all the time. Yeah, it's just not my style of writing. Yeah, what are you going to do? So, yeah, Angels... Oh, but actually, fun point. I also uh, had to... I did a little bit of props work on Zombie Apocalypse... And I filled in a bunch of pages on a blank book that they used on camera. So speaking from experience, I just let a bunch of stream of consciousness shit fly right into that book. Most of it didn't actually make the final cut, um, but they were reading through it like, dude, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, shut up. You wanted words? I gave you words. (laughs) You want words? You got words. That's how you got words. (laughs) Or better yet, I got some words for you. Right here. (laughs) In my pants. Why do you keep words in your pants? That's a weird place to keep them. You don't? No. I don't want to have this conversation anymore. No normal person keeps words in their pants. Well, I'd like to hear from the fans on that. (laughs) Give us a call at 269-743-743. 0783. Anyway, Angel comes in. He's worried about Fred. He encourages to come downstairs. Be part of the group. You're safe here. Everything's fine. Nothing can harm you. That's not Cordy screaming outside. Oh, but it is. (laughs) Oh, wait. It is, in fact, Rex. (laughs) Yeah, hold that thought. Fred looks terrified. (laughs) Felt so bad for her. Like, you're going to trauma. You're going to ruin that girl more than she already is. Right? Come on out. It's safe. It's a trap. (laughs) They do that like three times in this goddamn episode. Eh, Only twice. Is it twice? I think it's only twice. Feels like three. Oh, wait. Uh, Eh, whatever. So cut to the lobby. It's it's Cordelia. She's having a vision. Very painful vision. It's like her brain is giving birth to a watermelon. 
kind of that headache. seemed like to me it seemed like a lot larger than a fucking watermelon <laughs> like a a, a a hippopotamus not see not a quite pumpkin. The, i was thinking something kind of in between those what but i couldn't uh, think of anything good yeah, that's in between a watermelon and yeah what's slightly bigger than a, wa- a beach ball fully yeah. inflated with two watermelons inside of it <laughs> Okay. All right. Two watermelons. There we, <laughs> there we go. That's bigger than a watermelon. Yeah. Two watermelons. Definitely. <laughs> Probably. And uh, so, yeah, she's having a vision. Yeah, the vision is a bunch of vampires at Wilson College in Bonner Hall, room 918, and they're going to kill people. And uh, yeah. Cordy informs them to watch out for the blonde. She's the worst. And we see a flash of her, and she's wearing a locket as a necklace. Angel tries to ask Cordy if she's okay, and she's like, shut up, go! But as soon as he leaves... Do it now! Do it now! Come, don't go alone if you Get want to, to leave. Get to the dorm room! Hmm? Get to the dorm room! Get to the dorm room! <laughs> so, uh, but she's not okay. She starts bawling her eyes out as soon as he's gone. Because no. it hurts. Oof. God, I, like, I know she's acting, but I felt it. Oh, she's a good actress. Yeah, she is. Very, very good actress. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina. And I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. Cut to Bonner Hall, room 918. Yeah, everyone's dead! It's Jonestown the day after. Bunch all of, dead. Bunch of bloody bodies. Angel senses that some of them are, in fact, still alive. We can tell by the way he's licking his chops. Kind of. Rubbing a knife and fork together <laughs> and putting a napkin in his shirt. Well, you know, we can we can trust that he can smell that shit. And he did, in fact, also morph into Wiley Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> Just saliva dripping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then similarly, he senses that the vampires are headed east on 16th Street. He tells Tell- Gun to take the car. And Gun's like, what about you? And he jumps out the fucking window because, you know, he's Batman. He vamps out first and then he well, jumps yeah. out the window. Yeah. And he gets his Batman on. And, and does- Gun has a moment where he's like, oh, right. Basically a superhero. Yep. <laughs> Time for some rooftop travel. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite thing to do in... Uh, tabletop gaming. Yeah, don't know why. No, it's fantastic. It's fun parkour in like any any time you can play a character who can do some level of parkour, it's always worth it. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and also Wesley called them some ambulances. Not important in any way. Cut to the vamp car. The vamp car, where the vampires kind of fucking with the hostages, basically getting the one hostage to. Beg for his life, but also first sacrifice his girlfriend. Yeah, she's like, oh, are you in love? Would you do anything for her? And at first he's like, don't hurt her. But then she's like, so what if we were to just kill her and let you go? Okay. He turns around on that so fast. Take her instead. And she's like, is that love? I'll show you what love is when we get home. And I'm like, oh, that got steamy fast. Oh my! Oh my! Um, I don't think it was going to be in a sexy way, though. Oh no, no. Well, I think because later on, it's 
said that she was specifically taking them to her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. They were just going to be food. She was just yeah. fucking with him. Just fucking with his head. She's a bitch like that. But she doesn't get much chance to do anything because Angel shows up, lands in their car. What is it with vampires and fucking convertibles, convertibles? In, in the desert right? of all places? The most like, likely way for them to die? Yeah. Well, because like, they're easier to film from. Well, I know that much. <laughs> and to jump on top of and just start punching faces. It's yeah. so satisfying to leap into an open-topped car and just start punching. It, no, like, one of the most satisfying things ever about owning a convertible is leaping into the car. Mm, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. my first car was a convertible. And you just start swinging. Doesn't matter no, who's sitting there. No. Sorry, Grandma. This is your <laughs> fault. You were sitting there. But no, my first car was a convertible, and I fucking loved just hopping into it, literally. Hmm. I've never had a convertible. I'm not sure. I did. Oh, <laughs> don't, I Don't I did get, get me wrong. It wasn't a nice convertible. Sure. It wasn't fancy. I did get to rent that convertible one time, if you yeah. remember the Mustang. That was a fun night. Yeah. Because um, it was paid for. Right. By work. Yeah. That's always <laughs> nice. <laughs> then i'm like well i'm keeping this for an extra few hours don't mind yeah me. when we had to get a rental recently and it was not paid for by work and so we had to go the cheapest route possible and it was not a convertible yeah it was kind of sad i kind of wanted a convertible well boo-hoo for you <laughs> yep they stop the car quickly, as you do when people jump into your open-top convertible and start punching you in the yeah. face. Wesley and Gunn are hot on their tail. Uh, Angel tells the kids to run. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that, that dude's going to be in some serious trouble with her when they get back. <laughs> their relationship is over, yeah. but they're alive. I mean, their relationship probably would have been over no matter what happened. Yeah, because, was... like, trauma causes major issues like that. Sure. Also, you know, they're college kids. Right. Um, Th their relationship wasn't going to last. Wasn't going to last anyway. <laughs> uh, Gunn and Wesley come out swinging as well. Lots of punches are thrown. Weapons are swinging around. Angel goes for Blondie. We've learned later her name's Elizabeth. Who cares? Grabs her by the lapel. And he accidentally gets her locket with it, and then he stakes her. And just before she dusts, she looks longingly at Angel's face and softly ekes out, Angelus? And he recognizes her, too. like no, Or recognizes the locket, at, at the very least. I couldn't tell if he did. I He just had a really good, what the fuck, look on his face. And I'm like, yeah, well, that'll he, fuck you up, won't it? He kind of looks at the, the locket afterwards. And just has some recognition in looking at the locket, is what I read. Either way. I read it as, wait, what? Who the fuck did I just kill? Oh, shit. <laughs> and then he checks out the locket later, and he's like, oh, thank God. It was just her. <laughs> that bitch. Blah. 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 <laughs> Cut to Cordy's house, where Dennis is just the best of roommates. I know, right? God, I want a fucking ghost. Jesus. Sounds nice. That, uh, like, that's basically having uh, Google Assistant, you know, but in year 2000. Yeah. And, you know, can actually do things yeah. for you that aren't just digital nonsense. Yeah, he's being a good ghost and helping Cordy navigate her apartment while she's got this monster of a headache. And she takes some pills while Dennis draws her a bath. She specifies very hot. Yeah. Earl Grey, hot. <laughs> Bubble bath, hot. <laughs> Ghost, hot. <clears throat> Check. 
<laughs> he hangs up her, blou- her blouse and uh, he gives her a good old loofing on the back. I think this ghost is just a perv, I'm telling you. But, I mean... Well, it- I think they've obviously come to terms with the fact that... Or, or Cordy has come to terms with the fact that, like, you know, it's a ghost. Yeah, can't do no, nothing no about it. No point in being shy about it. Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter for Cordy. She still gets a good deal out of it. As yeah. long as he doesn't start trying to put that loofah in inappropriate places, <laughs> it's okay. Phone rings. Cut to old-timey time. Old-timey time, 1767. Well, welcome back to the in, old-timey time. I'm assuming France. France? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Well, they, they talk about like the, the soldiers and whatnot and the way James talks to them or tries to insult them makes me think they're French. Um, like when he calls them frogs? Yeah. All of his lines felt very British to me. I mean, that doesn't mean they'd be in Britain. I think James was just supposed to be British, and they didn't bother trying to find actors who can do accents. Right. Well, um, I like, mean, look at David yeah. Boreanaz, for fuck's sake. <laughs> to be fair, though, his Irish accent is has gotten way better since the beginning. Oh, how the, the tables have turned when David Boreanaz has the best accent of four people on screen. Right. <laughs> like, he's the closest one to pulling off any kind of foreign accent right now. The rest of them are just, we're American, but we're saying our lines like a fucking high schooler doing a Shakespeare show. Right. It was so awkward the whole time. Fucking hated it. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's a fun show. I love it. We're doing a podcast about it. Wee! But yeah, basically this little flashback is just showing that Angel knew the vamp he killed and her boyfriend, whose name's James, they're super in love. Well, they're so in love. James is like, and I would need 10,000 years just to name the color of your eyes. And Jealous <laughs> echoes all of our thoughts. He's like, they're green, but take your time. In fact, don't. We have to. We have a ship to catch, and Holtz may not be far behind. Damn it, I'm still fa- still falling into shitty um, fucking leprechaun Irish. Because it's... And he's... And even, even he's gotten away from that at this point. Right. Anyway, um, and they're like, oh, you don't have any poetry in you. And I loved how him and uh, Darla joke about... Didn't we eat a poet recently? <laughs> you damn right we did. The fucking James is all like, Holtz, what a twat. And Angel and Darla are like, actually, you should be afraid, you fucking twit. Question for you. Mm-hmm. If you were a relatively new vampire, and I'm guessing that Angel and Darla sired these two, I'm and, assuming. And promptly regretted it. Right. Yeah, I don't think we ever but, find that out. No. But, so say they sired these two. Sure. If you're a newly, newly minted vampire and your sire, who you know has been around for quite a while, is afraid of a dude, would you laugh that off? Mm, if he's just got that teenage hubris, man. I, I guess maybe. But, like, I, I don't think I would laugh that off. I think I would be like... Okay, these two are badasses, and they're afraid of this guy. I think I want to be afraid of this guy, too. Yeah, logic doesn't work on teenage hotshots. Yeah, that's fair. Like, no, I'm way too good for that. I'm a vampire, and therefore I'm invincible to Holt. 
Unless he has a sharpened piece of wood. Yeah. <laughs> or a little bit of daylight. Yeah. Yeah, you're so strong, guys. <laughs> oh, wait. Actually, you're, like, extremely vulnerable to lots of things. Yeah. Whatever. And, of course... Uh, James wanders over to a storefront window yeah. where Elizabeth spots a locket that she likes. Look familiar? Yes. He steals it. He gives a corny line. Which, you know, it'll be way prettier on you or some shit. That that reminds me of something that I say on occasion. Yeah. You know, that dress looks nice. Look better on my floor. On my floor. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a bad pickup line. But it's fun using bad pickup lines yeah. on people that you're actually, uh, uh, you know, involved with. Right. No, cor- corny pickup lines can be really, really good in the exact right circumstances. Yeah. But of course... They've lingered too long. Soldiers arrive. James decides to taunt them like a dumbass. And then fucking Holt arrives. Let's give him a rout. What do you say, Angelus? I, I can't even say it as stupidly as he sounds when right. he talks. I'd, right. <clears throat> Angelus is like, I'd say you're an idiot, but I'd just be repeating myself. <laughs> Great line. James is like... He's still yelling at him shit like, come on, you bloody frogs. I broke the window and I'll break your skulls. And that's the most British line (laughs) yet. I'm like, but you're not. What are you doing? I mean, okay, there is the theory that the British originally sounded much more like Americans currently sound. Right. And that they started talking like they do now because the Queen wanted to sound different. Right. And everybody actually just picked it up. But I don't know. There's so many different dialects. That's that's a weird theory to me. How do you explain the Scottish and the Irish? I don't know. Whatever. So then he's like, see, you just have to stand up to them because they they run off briefly. But then they come right back with the entire goddamn cavalry. Right. And, of course, Holt. And Holt himself. And now... Angel's just like, fuck me, why didn't I kill this guy myself already? Right. You're not real. Or I'm not real. Someone up here isn't real, and I suspect it's you. So if you're not real, then that means that my head came off back there, and then I'm dead now. Dead. And we cut away to the hotel. And I don't mean Holtz, I mean James. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, God, I like it's one thing to be somebody who lives forever, but then to be surrounded by other people like that. Yeah, no, he's a liability. He's yeah, going to get them killed. Um, but yeah, cut back to the Hyperion where Gunn wants to hear more story time about Holtz. But uh, ain't nobody got time for that shit. No, they needs to get to tracking James because he could be on a rampage to avenge Elizabeth now that Angel has murdered her. Yeah, and there's some speculation, oh, what are they even together anymore? And Cordy points out, well, she's still wearing the same necklace. Yeah, good point. Like, there's no way they aren't. Fair assumption that at the very least, she was still into him yeah. no matter what went like, down. If he's alive, he's pissed. Yep, <laughs> if he knows. So they need to find out. Gunn and Wes hit the streets in order to check their sources. Yeah, and, you know, they'll almost be like real detectives. Almost. Or actually, 
Well, in a TV show anyway. Yeah. Cut to the car garage right next to the wreckage of the car from last night. And James is standing there talking to one of the goons who escaped after Angel and Wes and Gunn killed all the other ones. Yep. He tells them that, oh, it was Angelus. He kills vampires now. And then James is like, well, how did you get away? And basically accuses him of being a coward. And he's like, well, I had to... Abandoning them. Yeah, I I had to tell you. And James thanks him by burning him alive. No, he said, I got a... I ran once I realized it was hopeless. I mean, even if he did just save his own ass. Right? Fuck you. Like, he still is doing the right thing by telling James, and James kills him for it. James, I don't see you out there sacrificing yourself for me. Right. Why should he sacrifice himself for you? But, you know, that's not how that kind of hierarchical shit works. Yeah. Um, Yeah. James unceremoniously shoves his goon out into the sunlight. He goes, poof. I don't know about you, but if I were a vampire, I would do a lot more of not standing near. Right next to the fucking sunlight. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, he trusted James, which was his first mistake. I mean, like, imagine stubbing your toe and falling over and dying because of it. Yeah. That would suck. Well, don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> i mean there's been more than enough occasions where i probably could have stubbed my toe and impaled myself on a tree branch and somehow yeah. managed not to yeah fair <laughs> so i mean shit you were just telling me that you flew down a 40 foot mountain hill and survived it somehow even though you lost consciousness so you know crazy shit happens all the time i forgot i was just telling you that story yeah Anyway, I thought this goon was even being very respectful of him. He, I think he was as well. And very uh, empathetic. And James is just like, no, fuck you. Meh. The I, woman I love is dead. I'm in love. Uh, I'm a baby. Yeah. So that's why you're a dick and I hope Angel kills you, James. Yeah. Cut to the Hyperion. Yeah, where Cordy expresses to Angel that he shouldn't blame himself for she says her death and angel's like well i didn't even know who she was when i killed her classic miscommunication yeah. sitcom she's shit. like no you dumbass buffy don't blame yourself for buffy yeah you know but it's it's you can't the b word right the, the right b, sorry you she know the who one. should not be named yeah and she's all uh cordy's all empathetic and she was she's like she was the love of your life and you couldn't protect her or die with her okay fine you're not gonna talk well i'm not getting anywhere you're just gonna have to tell me one damn thing what happened with (laughs) holtz like all right (laughs) that was one of those moments where that that reversal worked really well for me right yeah just i could just feel the writers like man how do we get back into that Holt story? Well, we're just going to do a fucking 180. That's yeah. what we're going to do. Well, and like a lot of times I see that shit coming from a mile away. Right. I didn't actually see this coming from a mile away. And yeah. I thought it was good. This one had a different feel to it. Yeah. And I did kind of enjoy it. So we flash back back to 1726. Oh, did they actually label it this time? Well, they did the last time. Oh, I 1767. It. Sorry. 1767 okay. back to the show the showdown with Holtz. Okay, so yeah, just for clarification, we just flash back to 1776, which I think famously isn't that the year that the United States is becomes official with the 13 colonies or some shit. 
Um, yeah, I should know that. Because um, there's like a musical about it and everything. Anyway, so Angel became a vampire in 1753. Um, right. And he, be, he gets his soul back in 1898, exactly 100 years before Buffy starts. You are correct. 1776 was when they signed the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) I know something about history. (laughs) And that's about it. I couldn't remember if it was that year exactly, but it sounded right. Go me. Um, So anyway, yeah, we're like more than 100 years out from... Yeah, we're still nearly 100 years before... uh, Before before uh, Angelus becomes Angel. Well, we're we're even nearly a hundred years before Spike. Yeah, Spike hasn't even been sired yet. Yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah, get yeah. sired till like eighteen seventy or eighteen eighty. Okay, so they're all only hanging out for like twenty or thirty years before yeah. shit shit goes sideways. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, so yeah, just a little uh, history lesson. What is it with? Angelus and Darla, where they end up getting stuck with these fucking lovesick couples. Right? Yeah. Because these two assholes, and then on top of that, then they get William and and Drusilla. And Drusilla. Yeah, it sounds like a hobby. Right? It's just, it's it's either a hobby or a habit. At least Spike and Drew were not nearly as annoying as James and, what was her name, Elizabeth? Elizabeth. Yeah, obviously not. Everybody fucking loves Spike and Drew. That, but, you know, they had 120 years of practice. <laughs> right. <laughs> We've learned how to better mold our sire or our spawn to, to be tolerable. Or at the very least, <laughs> pick better people. Right. That aren't. Well, they they ins- didn't pick. They didn't pick William. Drew picked William. Drew. Yeah. So they learned you pick a crazy one and then you <laughs> let them pick someone. They also didn't pick a crazy one. They made her crazy. Oh, first. that's true. I think they. They got lucky. That's why that was, yeah. <laughs> that was the last time that they did that. This seems like one of the first times, and they just did a shitty job. Right, yeah. You know, you got to be willing to fail before you can get good at something. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Holtz and his men have Angelus and James surrounded, and James had sent Elizabeth to go off with Darla to get to the boat. Get to the boat. <laughs> Angelus taunts Holtz uh, with how he ate his family. Doesn't seem like a great idea, but also it totally tracks with Angelus's personality. Uh, Holtz, oh, yeah. Holtz wants to know where the women are. Angelus cuts a deal that he'll give them James and the women. That's the whole deal. Doesn't even say if you let me live. He's just like, how about I hate this fucking guy. Please kill him. <laughs> And Elizabeth, I trust that Darla can take care of herself. I'm telling you, if there was a sunbeam that I could push this man into, I would. Oof. Man, you were telling me. This guy's fucking annoying, am I right? Because fuck James. Uh, and James is like, hey, man, you can't, just, you can't just fucking tell him where they are. And he does. Uh, he he's does. Like, They're down at the docks. I'll fucking kill you. And he tackles Angelus. And in the whole hullabaloo, Holtz shoots Angelus twice with a crossbow. And uh, they some, get on a horse and get away. Yeah, somehow Angel and James manage to run away. Well, they do. The, it's kind of a play on the classic of like two people start fighting and arguing. Yeah. To, you know, you know, get a surprise. in. Yeah, this is where it originated because they actually started fighting. It right. wasn't a 
uh, play. And then even while Holtz is screaming at all of his men who are surrounding them to kill them, kill them like an insufferable fucking cunt. Right. uh, They still manage to get on a horse and that horse is like, wait, what? (laughs) All right. Let's go. I was miles away. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Let's go. And (laughs) so a little later, cut to them riding up in an alleyway. Angelus Mm. falls off. He's a bit of a pincushion. You know. A couple arrows in him. He's fine, though. James is being a big douche, and he's bellowing the... He's so whiny. He's so whiny. I am so fucking grateful that this twat is a villain of the week, and that's it. Like... Yeah, I'm fairly uh, certain we never hear anything else about if him we ever had again. To, if we had to deal with another episode of this a-hole... Couldn't do I, it. No. Couldn't do it. <laughs> I swear, this episode was an excuse for somebody to get their kids some acting experience. <laughs> and they were like, oh, but you're going to kill him, right? Because I, you know, I hate to tell you, but he sucks. <laughs> but I promised I'd get him a role, you know? But yeah, James like is all pissy at Aunt Angelus for... For betraying them. It's like, I I got away. We got away. Yeah, you're fine. You're alive. They're alive. Shut up. Dis- but did you die? Despite how big of a fucking ass you were. Right. You're the fucking reason we got into this situation. So anyway, I'd kill you where you stand. And yeah, I'm going to tell on you to Darla that you didn't care about her. Even though they literally were just talking about... How right. she fucked off and ran away on him, and Angel was all about it. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're so full of surprises, eh? Like, jump on my dick, I love it. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is their relationship. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sake, they're a bunch of selfish asshole vampires. They're supposed to be that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Angel's response is, buy her a hat. She loves hats. (laughs) And then James fucks off. Good riddance. And Angelus apparently never sees him again until 150 years or so later. Right. And Angelus is just laying there bleeding, not to death, because he's a vampire. He pulls the arrows out. Yeah. He's ripping the arrows out of himself as he has himself a little soliloquy. Why are people always running off and leaving me? Am I a bad bloke? I don't think so. Not once you get to know me. <laughs> You're a dick. What a- I like this kind of personality on Angelus. Right? <laughs> a person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brains. My friend's brains. You're a vampire. Cut to some demon doctor's office. Yeah, some demon jo- some demon doctor where James goes to see this this dude who's sloughing. Barging in like a fucking asshole. Oh, right, it's James, so I repeat myself. Um, He's demanding the cure, but... The cure! Yeah, he's interrupting this doctor's sloughing. Which is a form of shedding. Yeah. His skin or something. Yep. It, it is specifically like shedding skin. Yeah. So a snake sloughs. Yes. I think so. Occasionally. There, there's some weird distinction between the two. I'm not sure what it is off the top of my head, though. Alrighty then. And this guy's like, once a month, just like a woman. And I'm like, ugh, I hope they were going for cringe because they got right? it. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely not supposed to like this character, so I'm not going to go off on any rampages about how they worded that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he promptly arranges an operation and starts cutting open James's chest. Thank God. Good. Please, someone fucking needs to. Please mutilate this man. <laughs> Cut to Caritas. I wasn't prepared. Cut to Caritas. Where Lorne is singing his beautiful, beautiful song. His sweet little heart out. God, he has such a good fucking voice. He's a great singer, and the elderly appreciate him as well. Yes. Just enraptured. I mean, he's pretty good. He's got this crooner, his classical crooner style. Yeah. So it's very understandable. He's he's the the epitome of a lounge singer. Yeah. He's I think they literally wanted him to look like a lounge lizard. Oh yeah. And then they got more than they bargained for with his character. Right. Um <laughs> And uh, Gunn and Wesley are standing behind one of these old-timey demons um, yakking about shit. And this guy's like, hey, button it up back there, Sonny Jim. This is real music here. And he's like, yeah, whatever, Grandpa. <laughs> like, Jesus. Respect your elders, man. I mean, I mean, he's a demon. Who knows how old he is? Unless they voted for Trump. And then, <laughs> and then it's open game. Oh, Out with man. the old, in with the new, I always say. Right. <laughs> but no, they're there to meet with Merle! Merle! We haven't seen Merle in a while. Hey, you guys. I'm going to need you to pay me more money. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he, don't. He tries to squeeze him. Don't do that. Like, He's so bad at his job. He really is. I don't know how he... Like, if I were him, I'd have been like, all right, take your money back. I won't give you your fucking information. Right. Sorry. But, man, they just are strong-arming him left and right. And I think he deserves more money after how he got fucked around by Angel. But also, like, have a rapport here. Like, the thing that bothers me is all the... When you have shady situations like this where after the fact, after everyone's agreed on a price, the character's like, oh, you need to give me more because I'm greedy. It's like... Or you could have just quoted a higher price in the beginning, and then you'd get that because they'd agreed to it. Just take what you have what you've agreed to. It's called a working business relationship. For fuck's sake, how do you keep getting people to pay you money if you're always this sniveling little greedy bastard? What I don't understand is how he's always the only one with any information or ability to get it. Right. He's clearly not very good at schmoozing people or working right. people over. Also, like the information that he gives them. Oh, James is alive. That's it. That's fucking it. And that he's out for revenge and oh, that he yeah. knows it was Angel. But they fucking already know that, basically. Well, no, they didn't. They needed confirmation. That's the whole point of the scene. Well, they needed confirmation that James was alive, but they... they can safely assume that he's after like this shit with merle doesn't lead to anything helpful well it didn't look like they gave him a whole lot of money so <laughs> i mean it kind of did and it sounds like angel when he calls angel to be like hey he's alive and he's out for blood your blood angel's like ah i know where he's gonna be um but then it doesn't end up mattering at all because james right. finds them first which you know by the way 
cut to the Hyperion. Yeah, where there's a little bit of a spat between Angel and Cordy because uh, they did some rearranging of weapons and Angel just doesn't like that. And specifically, Angel wants Cordelia to go home and wait it out in the safety of her own apartment, which Cordelia argues is not safe at all. That's when they find you. That's how they get you. And you know what? She's fucking right. Yeah. That has never once stopped her from getting kidnapped. Correct. If anything, it plays into their hands. Fucking ridiculous. Exactly. How long have you been doing this, Angel, and you don't know that? Not long enough. Give him another 250 years or so. And so she's not listening to him. She's like, nope, staying with you. And he's like, God, girls are so icky. (laughs) And uh, then James happens to pop up in the exact same spot where Angel startled Cordelia at the beginning of the episode. Yes. Good foreshadowing. Yay, foreshadowing. I appreciated that. Uh, and then Angel fights James while James yeah. rattles on about having something Angel could never have or some drudgery nonsense. I don't know. Angel gets him in a headlock, and this is when Fred comes running out of her bedroom. <laughs> and fucking Fred. No, she's like, look, I'm out. I'm in the world. And Angel's like, get back in your fucking room. <laughs> get in your cave and stay there. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm Southern. We know. We know. We heard. (laughs) (laughs) That poor girl. Um, All right. Go drink some sweet tea lemonade. I am so looking forward to when Fred's character gets to be a bigger thing and nuance starts getting added in because she is such a good fucking actor. Oh, yeah. And like character growth. It's wonderful. Pair that up with talent. You got right. yourself something pretty good. You know, in the beginning, like when Cordy was on Buffy, the character wasn't all that great. But once coming to Angel and actually getting to grow as a character, you know, we get to see the amazing fucking acting. I mean, she was great, but for very different reasons. Right. She was great in a two-dimensional antagonist yeah. kind of way. And charisma is like... She's a good actor, so she was able to play that kind of limited sort of character very, very well, Mm -hmm. which made Cordy and Buffy work. But being able to bring that character and, you know, grow into something bigger is just so much fucking better. And I'm so looking forward to seeing that with Fred. Yeah. And it was the same with Angel. You know, he was just this broody dipshit. And who knew that he could carry a whole fucking show? Right. Um, reasonably well as the main character. Now, if only they would do that with Gun 2. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting real sick of him being a bit flat. Yeah, he's just kind of background quippy and not even really good quippy. No. He, he it's a lot. It feels like a lot of tokenism with him. They've also kind of put Wes aside lately. For now. Which makes me a little bummed. Oh, he gets his. I know, I know. He'll be all right. I know. <laughs> but yeah, James is there. They have a fight. Uh, during this fight, we get a great throw by Cordy with a fire extinguisher. Just chucks it oh, across missed, the room. Don't recall that at all. No, it's fucking perfect. It is It is a throw that I do not think that Cordy as a real person could have managed, but it was fantastic. Hmm. But yeah, uh, Angel spikes James. And we think, oh, it's over. But no, it's not. He's actually 
invincible. Well, they don't quite come to that conclusion yet. Uh, and there is a little brief cut back to Caritas where Merle is telling them that James was last seen with the slod demon doctor dude and that he's a oh, collector. Right. And they look worried about that for some reason. And then, yeah, James can't be killed by being stabbed in the heart with a wooden stake. That's a problem. Angel wrestles him off out into the courtyard and shoves him out into the sunlight. Notably, he does not catch on fire. No, no vamp barbecue. This is the point at which uh, Angel and Cordelia both vehemently agree to run. <laughs> is it time to skedaddle? It's time to skedaddle. Run away, <laughs> run away, run away. Insert cartoony running noises. I, I wanted to try and make them um, oh, verbally, but I would not be good at it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, like I can hear it in my head. I cannot duplicate it. Exactly. There's always me, 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 me. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Uh, chase through the sewer happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Into the sewer. Cordy's coat gets caught and she abandons it on the ladder, which is a damn good thing that she does because he is hot on their tail. Yeah. Angel running around a corner slices his hand on purpose and starts flailing his blood around every corner and then ducks into a side door with Cordy. Definitely throws James off for a moment, just long enough for Cordy to get a not-too-loud-at-all phone call um, while they're trying to hide from somebody with super hearing. Right. But also, like, I'm surprised she got that phone call in the first place. They're in the fucking sewers. Yeah, they're under at least two layers of concrete. Hell, my modern phone has struggles with that. There's no way a phone then would have Seriously. <laughs> And it's a phone call from Wesley informing them that James is invincible, as yes. they were just surmising. He's um, invincible for six something. Six could be minutes, could be hours, could be days or weeks. We don't know. Or years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so indeterminate amount of time in base six. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because he sold his heart to a rare collector, slot demon, doctor type. Uh, it, it sounds like he paid both money and gave this fucker his heart. Yeah. I think he got a shitty deal. Like, well, and he's going to die soon, but gets temporary invincibility. I mean, his entire motive, I'm sure, is that, oh, I don't want to live without my love. Yes. So at least for now, I will be invincible and I can kill Angelus during this period of time. Yeah. For this one very specific scenario, it makes sense. But it sounds like something that is a relatively common thing that this doctor does. But, I mean, imagine if every time in Super Mario Brothers that you got a star, you die as soon as you run out of power, <laughs> and you lose all of your coins. That would not be a fun game. No. Fuck that. <laughs> To top it off, you see a cutscene where Bowser is putting your heart, your still beating heart, <laughs> onto a shelf full of other still beating hearts. But also, I think it would be a good idea that if you were going to be giving your heart to this doctor and you're then going to have a period of time where you are invincible, but mm. it is a limited amount of time, maybe, maybe set up a plan beforehand. And not just, here's my heart, I'm going to go run at them. Oh, right. Like, yeah. at the very least... No, this was his plan. This was his whole right? plan. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, not kill the one minion you had left? Nah. He's angry and he's in love. Uh, Crazy kids. Fine. Ah, jeez. Ah, jeez. <laughs> There's nothing so lovely as dreams. 
Everything's in them. Everything hidden. Open those chambers and you can truly understand someone. And control them. Anyway, James finds them. Well, so they decide to wait it out, but... It turns out that Kool-Aid isn't particularly good for digestion <laughs> because the wall of the sewer comes crashing down and James is like, oh, yeah, like the big red turd that he is. <laughs> He's a big red turd. Yeah, he is. And he continues to chase them. Yep. They get onto the subway. Didn't know that they could get to the subway from here, but okay. Well, they established that Cordy thought there was like an earthquake. and Oh, right, yeah. Angel's like, no, it's just the subway. So they're close to the subway. So, yeah, they get on the subway, and they, of course, think that, oh, we are safe now. But James just jumps onto the back of the train. Like, why not? Why did they doubt that that was the likely possibility? Because trains are fast, and that's a difficult thing to do. He's still a vampire. Yeah. Like, he's still a vampire. Angel absolutely would have. Right. Angel could have done it. Well. Like, sure, Angel has a lot more skill, but he doesn't really have more strength than any other vampire. Sure. I don't think Angel was ever convinced that that wasn't what would happen, but he knew it would buy them a minute. Cordy seems convinced that that wasn't going to happen. It didn't quite occur to her, but I don't think Angel was ever... I think he knew exactly what was about to happen. And so, yeah, Cordy's rambling on about what they should do. Should we ride to the end or circle back? And they start to hear thumping on the roof. And suddenly, James crashes through the window. Yes. Get ourselves a big villain monologue. Yeah. Going on and on about what true love means. True love. (laughs) Love. Love. Hey, I'm gonna like kill the woman that you love now. So, ha! You can't. She's dead already. Oh, jeez. <laughs> My plan is ruined. Oh no. <laughs> I just like to. James and Merle are the same person, <laughs> and they're both voiced by Morty. Yes. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> that should just be our go-to for shitty we like villain of the weeks (laughs) well you know i've only got so many different voices that i can do fall into morty or rick pretty easily honestly so yeah he doesn't believe that angel could ever love anyone because it would have killed everything inside of him for her to die and i'm like woo projecting much but james throws a subway bench at him Angel steals a guy's crutches and... You know, my favorite part is he looks at Cordy, he's like, catch him! And she's like, what? And he grabs the crutches and the dude falls over. Oh, catch him, yeah. yeah. And then he immediately pins James against the wall with the crutches, and he even, like, catches his wrist in the end of one and, like, right? crunches it, and I'm like, oh! It's like, Angel had to have practiced that. Nah, he's just, he thinks on his feet. No, I think he practiced it. He's he totally strikes me as the kind of person who'd be like, I'm gonna just pick random things and learn how to fight with what them. What kind of found weapons can I practice with? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, crutches. Excuse me, sir. I'll be needing those. <laughs> and so they both get one more good jab in on each other, verbally, of course. Yes. James gets two, technically. So Angel says, Is this your idea of love, James? I'm sorry. <clears throat> Is this your idea of love, James? It's not real unless it kills you. James is like, yeah, what's yours? It's fun as long as it doesn't cost me anything. 
You don't know what love is. You think you won just because you're still alive? I lived. You existed. And then he crumbles to dust with his arguments. Yeah. I mean, they both made good points, but neither of them really understood truly the context of the other. Right. So they're just kind of screaming at each other from across an abyss. And let's be honest, James couldn't have actually loved her. He was a vampire. He had no soul. Right. Well, how do you explain Spike? We'll get to that later. Confused obsession. Hmm. Okay. And misguided conciliatory reciprocation eventually? Yeah. From Buffy? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds accurate. I mean... I think I just described love, Rex. <laughs> I think we hit the nail on the head pretty well there. Love is just confused obsession. Yep. And I mean, as far as the brain chemicals con- are concerned, yeah, that's a- that's actually fairly accurate. Mm-hmm. It's just something that mammals do, Morty, to make sure that our species propagates. <laughs> it hits hard and then it slowly fades. God, I am so glad James is dead now, though. Oh, yeah, because now we can move on. We can have a nice time, yeah. enjoy a meal, watch a film, yeah. think about all of the time <laughs> that we've ever had and have from here on out without James. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever have to look at or listen to his whiny shit ever again. Ever again. Or deal with him just being an absolute fucking liability. Right. Like, dude, you're going to get us killed. And then when he almost gets them killed, he's like, yeah, it was your fault. Fuck you, James. No, it wasn't. Fuck you so much. (laughs) So... So from there... What an emo cunt. Right. He's just emo. Fuck that. Ah. Anyway, you were saying... Uh, From there, we go back to the hotel where Angel checks on Fred. She's fine. He's explained things. I mean, okay, she's as fine as she was. Correct. She's not worse. Yeah, she'll be uh, (laughs) she'll be out of her room again and downstairs in a decade or so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good timeline. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. She's probably got a good 50, 60 years left in her. Exactly. It's the majority. <laughs> Everything's fine. Ah! Cordy does her amateur hour therapy thing again with Angel and uh, presumes that he's not okay about the Buffy thing. And she actually says Buffy this time. So it's not a legal thing. It's just a weird artistic choice. Well, one of the things <coughs> that he says that I actually really like the sentiment is that it's not... His problem isn't that he isn't okay. His problem is that he is okay. Oh, sure. I was getting there. And like, no, I totally fucking get that. Like when you have loss, there's a time when you become kind of okay with it. And that moment kind of hurts because you're like, no, I shouldn't be okay with this. Survivor's guilt. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm misusing the term. But it it still seems to apply to the situation. Uh, he says it feels like a betrayal. And uh, she was worried that this whole James and Elizabeth thing had opened up a bunch of wounds about it because, you know, he was all about love and shit. But I'm I know so it, it's, glad it didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. It's just that he feels guilty for feeling OK about Buffy's death after only three months and uh and that he's betraying her somehow. But Cordelia is like, no, you're honoring her by being a good man and helping people as much as you can. Yeah. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. 
Cordelia's like, great, let's get back to work. Uh, she closes out with uh, uh, one of my quotes of the day, which there were not many in this episode, but she says, I'm Cordelia. I don't think. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a nice moment. So they get back to work. Gunn and Wesley come in and Angel's like, wait, there's work? <laughs> and Gunn and Wesley stomp through the doors and they're like, all right, what do you know about nester demons? Uh, well, I know that they, they nest a lot and they're demons. That's two things. Yeah, that's two things. <laughs> that's two things we didn't know five minutes ago. Uh, and something about you have to kill a queen. And he's like, well, last time we worked on them, I don't think we killed the queen. Let's go kill the queen. I don't know. It sounds like that would have been a better episode. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. And they march out in formation looking all badass and stuff. Yep. And the gang is back in action. Woo! Cut to Mexico or somewhere. Yeah, at a somewhere bar. in South America where there's a bar and Darla's looking for a shaman. And and she kills uh, some creepy dude that's trying to hit on her. Yeah. I liked that. I loved that she sucks on a, a lime right after drinking him. I didn't catch that. Yeah, it's like she was doing a tequila shot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and also the pun that she sucks on a twist, uh, hard air quotes, of lime. And then there's a twist that she's pregnant. What a twist. Oh, I didn't catch that either. Maybe wasn't intended, but it was a funny turn of, turn of phrase that I had thought of. I couldn't really think of a good way to actually turn it, but, you know, there it is. I've said it. As yes. Be as best I can under short notice and without really caring all that much. Excellent. Gerarg. Ger-fucking-arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights I shall give, walk give, in give, here. Give, 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 give. Hold on. You've got something here. How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? <laughs> this episode was awful. <laughs> I didn't think it was that awful. Okay, it wasn't... It wasn't that good okay, either. It wasn't bad. It was just painfully mediocre. I can get on board with that. That that's really all I gotta say. Like, I wrote down like what one quote? <laughs> yeah, most of my quotes were not because I liked them so much, so much as it felt necessary to be accurate about what they said. Yeah, it it was a twat of a villain of the week that I like held no interest for me whatsoever. Yeah, Elizabeth seemed way more interesting than James, yeah. and we got so little of Elizabeth. I think it would have been. A much better episode if instead of killing Elizabeth, Angel had killed James and we kept the f same flashbacks and everything, right? Yeah. And then Elizabeth goes to hunt down James and then we get a scene rather than them debating love. It was Angel going, but he was a twat. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, we get that scene. You lost me. I'm sorry. Reverse Elizabeth and James. Okay. In the future scenes mm -hmm. where, so James gets killed by Angel and Elizabeth hunts Angel down. Hunts down Angel. Okay. We keep the same flashbacks. Yeah. And then we get the, the fun bit of like Angel going, okay, yeah, but he was a twat. <laughs> <laughs> you can do and better. And then she could make arguments of like, you know, what real love is and all that. Sure. Fine. I know they're trying to go for, you know a mirror image kind of of what 
angels going through, sure. But I think it would have been a much more interesting fucking story. <laughs> and better for the Bechdel test. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Someday I'm actually going to sit down and read <laughs> all of the tenets of the Bechdel test. Right. No. Currently um, could only tell you like one. <laughs> I can't remember most of it. So, yeah. Do you have a quote of the day? Yeah. I'm going to go with Angelus as he's ripping the arrows out of his torso. <laughs> Why are people always running off and leaving me? Am I a bad bloke? I don't think so. Not once you get to know me. That's good. It was probably the funniest part of the episode. Yeah, it really was. I'm honestly, I'm going with the Cordelia line that she closes out with because, like, it's very, like, classic Cordelia, and I like the attitude. Damn right. Yeah. It was a, it was a good, feel-good Cordelia moment. Yeah. Beautiful. She deserves to be right. Definitely. Well, I think that's it. Yeah, I think it is. This has been another episode of Ale with Angel, everybody. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Beer with Buffy. Like us on Facebook. You can always find us at www.beerwithbuffy.com and you can shop for our shit. We have lots of merchandise that you can buy to remember us by and support us a little bit. Uh, If you'd like to support us a little more a bit, you can head on over to patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy and pick out one of our fun perks. One of those being, you don't get a perk at all. You get the perk of giving us money. (laughs) Uh, We'll also name a cat for you. Or if you really, really want to support us, but you don't want to spend any money, we don't blame you. Head on over to iTunes and just give us a review because that boosts our ratings and it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And we're like 10 or 11 views away from giving away a free hoodie. Yeah. Once we get to 75 reviews, another free hoodie gets um, door prized off to a random participant. All you have to do is be one of the persons who wrote us a review and not just gave us stars, but wrote a review. Yeah. Specifically wrote a review. That's the only distinction we're making because we can't track down people who only put down stars. Yep. If you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can always leave us an actual voicemail or text us at 269-743-0783. Big shout out to our composer, JJ Treadway, for all of our opening, closing, and transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Wav. Twilwav. Ah, jeez, Rick. <laughs> <laughs>
What have we done? Why are we watching this? <laughs>